As we read the gospel records, we read eyewitness accounts of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. In a sense, the gospels are just the beginning of Christ's work. The adventure continues in the book of Acts. In this study with Scott Pauley, we consider the continuing work of Christ through the Holy Spirit, who works through the apostles and the New Testament church. Now, let's get in on the adventure. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been in that room, in that house on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit of God invaded this world and indwelt every believer? Oh, what a glorious moment that must have been. Think of the sights and the sounds of Pentecost because the Holy Spirit describes them for us in Acts chapter number 2. Listen to it. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, we're going to come back and study more about the day of Pentecost itself and, and the signs that came on that day, the evidence that the Holy Spirit had come. What a mark it was. Uh, but let's begin here just with the opening phrases of Acts chapter number 2. Uh, consider the sights and sounds of the day of Pentecost, specifically the wind and the fire. The sound is connected to the wind. The Bible says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and the sight uh, was that cloven tongues like as a fire appeared and sat on each of them. So they're hearing something and they're seeing something. Later in the book of Acts, we'll read where the apostles said, We cannot help but speak the things we've seen and heard. I'm going to tell you, when you see and hear something like this, you're never the same again. They saw fire. They heard wind. Why wind and fire? What is the significance of that? Well, wind and fire in Scripture are always symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus said, in the gospel according to John, that the wind bloweth where it listeth. Now, you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going, but you, you feel the wind when it blows. And he says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So wind is always connected uh, to the work of the Holy Spirit because there's a force in it. If you've ever seen the, the power of wind, how it can pick something up and carry it away, uh, the, the tremendous force of wind, it can destroy in a moment of time, or it can be utilized in such a way that it brings great benefit and produces power that can be channeled and used. Uh, this is the symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when the Lord Jesus uh, began his creative work, it was not in the New Testament. It was way back in the book of Genesis. Remember, he fashioned Adam. He formed him. He made him out of the dust of the ground, and then he what? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Literally, the wind of God, uh, the, the Spirit of God breathed into man, quickened that body, made it alive. When a person comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, what happens on that day? The Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of him, literally bringing new life, uh, new, new beginning into that man. Well, what was going on, Acts chapter number 2? The church, Christ's body on earth, was being quickened. 
It was being made alive. The wind of the Holy Spirit was being breathed upon his people. Uh, the Lord Jesus had given a little precursor of this, standing in that upper room after his resurrection. The Bible says he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Uh, what he was saying to them is, You must have the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit to do what it is I've called you to do. You must have more than your own ingenuity and, uh, and genius. You must have more than your own energy to get this done. You must have the quickening, uh, the, the wind, the life of the Spirit of God in you. And so the first thing that happens is they hear the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible says it filled all the house where they were sitting. That's significant for a couple of reasons. First of all, that God would send a sound Oh, the beautiful sounds of our God. Imagine the beautiful sounds you're going to hear in heaven. We hear so much uh, clamor and so much noise in our world, don't we? Uh, so much discord, if you will. So much that does not sound harmonious and beautiful. But the Lord's sounds are always beautiful. I think there's a little play on words here even because if you remember in the previous verse, we studied the fact that they were in one accord uh, that expression, one accord, is really a combination of two words. It means to rush along in unison. It was an expression that was used for, for music. It was a musical picture. Many notes harmonized in tone and in pitch under a master conductor. When the orchestra was being led and it was where it ought to be, it was in one accord. Oh, do you see the picture here? When God's people... We'll stop living in discord and disunity and instead get in step with God, in step with the Holy Spirit, become one with the Lord and with the Lord's people. When, when that beautiful harmony comes, then you begin to hear the, the beauty of heaven. You begin to hear the, the glorious sounds of what it is God wants to do. We need to stop tooting our own horns. That's what we need to do. And instead, we need that beautiful, biblical, beneficial, blessed, brethren-like sound of unity. <laughs> May God give it to us again. And when that happens, suddenly uh, there comes the, the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And then uh, it's significant not only because of the sound, but the expression here, uh, that sound, that wind filled all the house. And in verse 4, it says the individual people were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So he was giving them a sign, uh, an outward external expression of what he was putting inside of them. Remember, the Jews require a sign. Almost without exception, when you see signs and miracles in Scripture, it is for the Jewish people. And it was done at significant times, transition points, where some new thing was being revealed to them. And so the miracle was simply a validation of the message. God was giving them proof, heaven's proof, uh, that this was indeed the work of the Holy Spirit. So you have the wind. Then the Bible says, There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And we'll come back to the tongues in our next study and talk more about it because it's developed more in the following verses. But notice the tongues were like fire. Why fire? Remember, the writer of Hebrews says that our God is a consuming fire. Fire in Scripture is also symbolic of the work of the Holy Spirit. And fire all, always symbolizes purity. Uh, there, is, there is heat. Uh, there is a purging done through fire. And so the fire of God comes, the fire of the Holy Spirit comes, and when the fire of the Holy Spirit comes, what does it do? It purges out everything that shouldn't be there, and it burns into us the fire of God. 
It sets our souls ablaze with his passion, with his purpose. This is what is about to happen. In fact, the rest of the book of Acts is really the spread of that fire. And it's not wildfire. It's fire under the control of Almighty God. It's not fire for us to use. It's fire for us to be used. This is the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the day of Pentecost was one day, one day in history, and it's a day that is not duplicated. It doesn't have to be. Somebody said, we need another day of Pentecost. No, you don't, because you have right now already the Holy Spirit who came on the day of Pentecost. This was the entry point, if you will. This was the beginning of it all. But I want to say to you that though the day was a one-time day, the power is an everyday power. And though Pentecost will not be reproduced, the power of the Holy Spirit exhibited on Pentecost is to be lived out and labored in in our lives every day. Which means, dear ones, we need the wind and fire of God. We need the fresh, life-giving wind of the Holy Spirit, and we need the holy, blazing fire of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Would you pray today that God will help you to be a Christian? that knows by personal experience and living reality the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. The same is true today as it was then. The Lord is at work in this world through His Holy Spirit, drawing people to Himself. What a privilege as God's children to be a part of what God is doing in this world today. If you'll visit enjoyingthejourney.org, you will find many resources that will equip you as you walk with the Lord. You will find previous podcast series and episodes, full-length Bible messages, and a topical search engine that will aid you in studying Bible subjects. If this podcast is a blessing to you, we hope you will share it with a friend. Be sure to join us on the next episode of this continuing adventure through the book of Acts. Acts.